Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the BNB Reaction Show. This is your Week Five edition. This is Brian and Brad talking about how the Panthers managed to beat the Falcons, and the Falcons are zero and five now. Brad, how are you? I'm great. I'm also. We beat great. the Falcons. We did. Brad, how long has it been since the Panthers have beaten the Falcons? I feel like it's been a while. It's been a while. The last time we won in Atlanta was 2014. Oh my God. Yeah. That's quite a while ago. And remember, Panthers fans, the Falcons were the only team that beat the Panthers in the regular season in 2015. So, yeah, I guess this is I guess this is our revenge is making them. Own I don't five know. And- we, if, if they fire Dan Quinn, we might be doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. That is true. But they're zero and five. So. It's also funny to laugh at them because they're 0 and 5 and they're definitely a better team than 0 and 5. Yes, they should be 2 and 3 right now. There's no reason for them to be 0 and 5. Yeah. They also had plenty of chances to beat the Panthers today as well and they still didn't do it. So really just just hilarious to think about being a Falcons fan right now because I mean, like, let, let's just talk about it from a general consensus. I mean, like, nobody really thought the Panthers would be any good. I don't know if they are good or anything like that, but they're 3-2 and two right now. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they definitely beat, I would say, three teams they shouldn't have beaten. I mean, you could you could argue they, they should have beaten the Falcons, but I, I don't think they should have. So... We're sitting here at three and two, tied for first in the division, even yep. regardless of what happens with the Saints. Well, technically, we're second in the division because we lost to the Bucks, who are also three and two. So that's true. We we would be second. We have the same record as the division leaders, though. This is true, and that's not something I would have thought like two months ago. No, this no, I thought we would be the team that was zero and five. Yeah, hundred percent. And instead, the Panthers are suddenly in contention. So, this is the first at- time we've been over 500 since November of 2019 when we were five and four. And then we promptly lost to Green Bay and then lost every game for the rest of the year. When Kyle Allen was, was the quarterback? Yeah, oh, yeah, we were we were five and four. I think it was week 10 because we had already had our bye. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's the last time we were over 500 until this moment well hey i'll take it 
I'll take it too. I don't care if we don't win another game for the rest of the year. I will take being three and two. Yeah. So looking at the game, the Panthers won 23 to 16. The Falcons established the run early, but for some reason did not really stick with it throughout the entire game, which kind of baffled me. Um, so they they started the game with a 35-yard run by Todd Gurley to, to score after they pretty much like leaned on the running game. Then the Panthers came out. They had two different score, scoring drives that ended in field goals. They were both pretty productive, but they stalled in the red zone. Then they had a fumble forced by Brian Burns that caused surprise surprise. Like a, yeah, that was caused by like a, that caused like a twenty yard loss. Even though Justin Burris should have totally picked that up and scored, right? Well, yeah, but he also should have just landed on it instead, because mm. Brian Burns got hurt on the very next play. Yeah, that was, and that probably gonna... doesn't happen if, if Justin Burris does what you're taught to do when you learn how to play football at like five years old. Um, I get it; you want to scoop and score um, because that that gives you momentum and it makes the other team. Um, hate it, and then you know you you get seven points out of it, but just fall on the ball, man. Like getting possession there is just as important. Yeah, I mean, even if he, even if he, if he just jumps on the ball and keeps it, it's better than the Falcons recovering it. So yeah, yeah. Worst worst case, if he if he just jumps on it, we kick a field goal and it's nine seven. Like that's the worst case scenario. Which, though, even though we lost Brian Burns to a concussion, which hopefully he's okay and hopefully can return next week, but they proceeded to run a couple plays and then DJ Moore caught an out route and then just took it to the house 57 yards for a touchdown, which gave them the lead. And then, after the Falcons were forced to punt again, I believe, um, the Panthers, with less than two minutes left, went on an aggressive throwing drive and they scored with 23 seconds left from a pass to Mike Davis from Teddy Bridgewater, which was honestly super refreshing just to see. And I know we've talked about this already, but God, it's so fucking awesome when the Panthers actually go to try and score before the end of the half. And they did it. And that might've been the difference in this game was the fact that they put up seven points before the before the end of the half. I think it was because there was time in the in the second half where they they had an opportunity to go for it on fourth down and they punted and the punt landed in the end zone so they didn't gain the the benefit of pinning the Falcons back and that's what allowed them to get back in the game like we mm-hmm. we should have kept our aggressiveness in the second half so like you said I think going for a score late in the first half is what ended up being the difference maker in the game. And it is so nice to see them do that because we're so used to seeing Ron Rivera just take, take a knee with two minutes to go. And it, you know, it was nice to see them actually try to score points. Yeah. And this, this week they actually did it. They successfully scored a touchdown, which was a big deal. Um, going into the third half, you know, not a whole, not a whole lot of scoring, or the third quarter, I should say. Not a whole lot of scoring. Uh, Young Way Koo scored a 46-yard field goal. But other than that, the Panthers, that was where I was kind of like, okay, the Falcons are about to come back. Because then, to open the fourth quarter, the Falcons kicked another field goal, so they were only down by seven. And that was when the Panthers kind of were, 
I was sitting there like, okay, so the Falcons are going to come back. They're going to make the Panthers blow this lead. And they struggled. They struggled a lot. And then uh, the Falcons ended up throwing a interception. Justin Burris picked it off. I still don't know what Matt Ryan was seeing there. I have no idea why he threw that ball. I don't either, to be honest. I mean, I, I have no idea what he was doing. And, I mean, the Panthers got lucky because there was one play previous to that where Hayden Hurst, I, I guess he didn't know where the back of the end zone was. And he tried to jump for a pass that if he would have just ran and caught it, it would have been a touchdown. And, you know, I don't want to say that we were more lucky than good, but there were a lot of plays where we were. And yeah. that, that interception was one of those because, I mean, nine times out of ten, Matt Ryan throws that into the fifth row of the, of the seats. Like, I, I still don't know what he was trying to do there. Yeah. But I'm glad he did it. I'm glad Burris redeemed himself. And, I mean, it was a huge play at, at, at the right moment. Right. It sure was. Um, so after that, the Panthers kicked a field goal and then – they left the Falcons with very little time to try and come back, and they obviously didn't because they were down by two scores. And, yeah, the Panthers beat the Falcons for the first time since 2014. And I am pretty happy about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Falcons Falcons fans might end up being happy about it, too, if Dan Quinn gets fired. Which he but absolutely should. He should. And I know we like to give them hell because they're the Falcons, but they absolutely have to go in a different direction because Dan Quinn, he may not be the problem, but he's, it's like Ron Rivera. He may not be the problem, but he's also not the solution. Right. Yeah. I even said in the, uh, on Twitter, on cat scratch reader, I said, it's really weird watching a team play at or above their talent level with good coaching Carolina. What even is this? And the Falcoholic retweeted it. So they, they want that obviously as fans like somebody might like Matt rule, who isn't going to throw the game away like the Falcons have done so many times. So it's, it's, it's still something that's really interesting to watch and experience as a Panthers fan. After we've been doing this whole thing with Ron Rivera for like nine years prior to this. So now seeing a Panthers team that actually like plays well despite their talent and actually has like good coaching is very strange. Like I haven't quite adjusted to it myself. Yeah. Um so let's look at the individual stuff here. Um so Mike Davis played pretty well despite having being hobbled. He appears to be a legit backup for Christian McCaffrey. Today he uh he caught uh wait, where is it at? Why is it not on here? Okay, he caught nine passes, which was leading the Panthers for sixty yards and touchdown, and he ran for sixteen carries, eighty-nine yards. So overall, Mike Davis had a really good day filling in for Christian McCaffrey. Um the biggest offensive star by far, I would say, is Teddy Bridgewater, oddly enough. He had he threw 37 passes. He completed 27 of them for 313 yards and two touchdowns. So he also had most of that in the first half, I believe. Yeah, he had like 295 <laughs> yards in the first half. Yeah, which is the most of this season in the first half, beyond like 
like he actually eclipsed Patrick Mahomes as far as uh, most pass- passing yards in the first half in this season. So Bridgewater really showed out well. And Robbie Anderson, again, shocking, had 112 yards on eight receptions. He was targeted 13 times. So he's clearly the wide receiver one at this point. Um, DJ Moore had four receptions for 93 yards and one touchdown, including that 57-yard beauty of a scamper where he effortlessly jogged down the field for a touchdown. And that That's like a 12-yard gain 90% of the time, too. Like, I don't know what happened there with the Falcons on defense, but that was a, that was a beautiful play to see. It really was Watch him um, just running down the sideline. Yeah, it really was. And Curtis Samuel, I think it was through a really nice like back block. Um, yeah. He didn't, he didn't like block block the guy, but he just got in the way. And, well, some uh, people would say that he was just in the way because he didn't know what to do. Um, that he wasn't actually efficiently blocking because some people hate Curtis Samuel, but it's true. I mean, I, I, I don't think he was like, I think he could have blocked better on that play, yeah. to be honest. <clears throat> but yeah, overall on offense, I mean, there's not really much to be disappointed in. I will say I didn't like their red zone stalling again, which we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, they stalled out in the red zone a couple times, but that didn't cause them to lose the game. But I would like to see them be a little more productive in the red zone, but it's hard to really bitch about it because they still won the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to complain when they win. Like it's, you know, it's, it's being nitpicky. Yeah. Theoretically though, they could have, they could have scored about 30 points if one of those early field goal drives. Yeah. They they should have had, they should have had at least 30, if not 36. Mm Mm-hmm. So as far as the defense goes, so I will say shout out to the defense just as a whole because Brian Burns was lost for the game after his forced fumble with a concussion. Uh, Dante Jackson was ruled out early after his, uh, I guess he's been dealing with a toe injury for the most of the season and uh, something yeah, he aggravated him. Yeah. That's not really something you can just like, you know, play through when you're when you have to play as a defensive back where you're planting all the time. Yeah, I think the best thing for for him is for them to put him on injured reserve for three weeks and see if he can get right. Because, I mean, he's clearly trying to play through it, and it's just not working. Today it worked out for them. Um, Troy Pride came in. I didn't see anything that I thought was overly bad from him, and he was, what, a fourth-round pick for them? Yeah. And uh, Rasul Douglas was just somebody they signed off the streets, and he played – Okay, I mean, he got smoked on a on a couple routes here and there, but overall, I can't really complain too much. I think if Julio was actually playing today, we might be having a different conversation. But I agree. Um, I agree. I I think I think I do have to give the defense a little bit of of a complaint because they only had one real wide out to deal with in Calvin Ridley, and they couldn't do it. Um, you know, Ridley had. Let's see. He had eight catches for 136 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's that you, you can't win very many games like that when you give that kind of target on 10 targets, like it was 17 yards a catch. You can't let the other team's receiver get 17 yards a catch and expect to win very many games. Right. 
especially when they're also running the ball well. Todd Gurley had 121 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, I said I've been saying this for weeks now, but every time every team that commits to running the football against Carolina succeeds, and today the Falcons had 166 total yards rushing for 6.6 yards per carry and a touchdown. And really, the reason why the Panthers won in that regard was because the game script kind of dictated that the Falcons would throw the ball towards the end. But at the in the beginning, in the first half, I was kind of confused as to why they threw the ball so much. I mean. Matt Ryan threw 37 passes, but they averaged 6.6 yards per carry. So that part I didn't really get. So that's another reason to hashtag fire Dan Quinn. But yes. that the rush defense is going to be a problem for Carolina. Like, it, it just is what it is. Um, obviously, Brian Burns being out kind of sucked there. Um, I believe they also lost Yeter Gross Matos, at least for a little bit. Yeah, he left the end of the game with an injury. Kwan Short also left with a shoulder injury. So we're pretty beat up. Yeah. The defensive line did a, did what was a surprising job of Matt, of rushing Matt Ryan. I mean, there were a couple times where drives were ended by the pass rush. I was a bit shocked, even though they had guys like Marquise Haynes and uh, F.A. Obata out there rushing the passer. So that was good, but, I mean, it's just – it's going to be a consistent issue going forward. Like, when teams – commit to rush to uh, running the football, they're going to succeed against Carolina. I mean, there's just, there really is no fixing it because at this point they, they, they do the whole like three safety thing. That's their base defense. Um, Jeremy Chin plays linebacker slash safety, but really it's just three safety defense all the time. And I just don't see how they're going to be able to fix that long-term for this season. So they're just going to have to battle out of it and dictate the game script so that teams don't run the ball too much against them. But I guess we'll see. Um, as far as the defense goes for Carolina, Shaq Thompson led the team with 10 tackles total. Um, Marquise Haynes and uh, Brian Burns, I believe, were credited with sacks. And uh, Justin Burris intercepted Matt Ryan once, and that was actually probably the biggest play of the game on defense because it stopped the Falcons from coming back, and Carolina scored on that. So the defense is not going to be a top-10 unit, but so far they are, I guess, passable. I don't know if you agree with that, Brad. I actually do. Um, I think they would be even better if they would stop playing Tahir Whitehead. Uh, He is bad. (laughs) And there is no reason to keep him on the field when he is as bad as he is. I believe they, the defense isn't going to be a top five unit. Like we know that it's at least not in 2020, but they would at least be respectable middle of the pack and are arguably good slash decent. If they didn't play to hear whitehead, he constantly over pursues. He misses tackles. He looks like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Uh, it's just, he's not working out. I, they should only use him on special teams or as like the fourth or fifth linebacker. If somebody gets hurt, uh, they should put Jermaine Carter in the lineup. Um, the team seems to play better on defense when he's in there instead of Whitehead. And I don't know why they continue to do this week after week. If a guy sitting on his couch writing about the team can see this, they should be able to. Funny enough, Jermaine Carter didn't log any stats today, so I'm not even sure if he actually played on defense. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, him. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I did. I don't remember seeing him. 
but he cannot be any worse than to hear Whitehead is. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Carolina is missing a linebacker. I guess somebody may have retired or left or something. I'm not really sure, but yeah, um, I think linebacker needs to be something they target next year in the off season. But I mean, right now it's working. I mean, they've played three straight games against teams with pretty good offenses, and they've they've won. So you know, despite guys like to be to hear, um. I think next week against Chicago is going to be a a real challenge because I don't know if Dante Jackson will be back. I don't know if Eli Apple will be back. So we could see Rasul Douglas and uh, Troy Pride slash Corn Elder on Allen Robinson, and that that's probably not good. Yeah, luckily they have Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Does one of them play wide receiver? No, but they're throwing it to the wide receiver. <laughs> um, well, that'll be a question for our next podcast sometime this week, as far as the Bears go. But overall, I mean, not not much to complain about. I mean, the Panthers came out with a win in a game that I fully expected they wouldn't. I was, I think, I was the only person on CSR who picked the Falcons to win this game. You actually were. Yep, that's me. I mean, I was also the only person on CSR to pick the Bears to win on Thursday, so it kind of balanced itself out, so it's fine. Well, you got lucky that Tom Brady didn't know what down it was. I got lucky or I got big brain? I think you got lucky. I think I have a big brain. I think that's me with a big brain. Um, So, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't really have much else to say about this game. it was a solid offensive performance aside from the red zone stalls. I think that holding Atlanta to 16 points, like despite the fact that Julio was out, Atlanta still has a really good offense. Um, I think the defensive performance was pretty good though. The rush defense is going to be a problem when teams like uh, probably Chicago uh, devote themselves to the run. So, but overall, I mean, there really isn't much to complain about here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have very many complaints. I I think I've pretty much complained it out. Yeah. Well, I guess that's probably where we'll, where we'll end it here. Um, Carolina played well. I mean that that's been their mo. They they've played well. They've minimized mistakes. They've capitalized on the opportunities they've been given, and they're three and two now after starting out zero and two, which is a lot better than I would have expected. Um, they're a well-coached football team. Matt rule apparently knows what he's doing here. Uh, Robbie Anderson is very good. So Carolina is going to start up. I guess they're going to start trying to win more games here. And, uh, next Sunday they play the bears who have only lost one game. And by the way, for anybody listening here who doesn't know already, um, I have a $250 bet with Billy Marshall on the bears game. I don't know if I, I don't know if you you saw that at all, Brad. No, I did not. So Billy pointed out that the Bears have a very, very low score differential. So I tweeted at him and said, well, that score differential is going to go up after they play the Panthers. And he said, and he said that he felt the Panthers would beat them soundly and by a lot. Like they would beat them big. So my response was bet. And his bet was that Carolina would win outright. 
and I was like, fuck it, let's have some fun. So I bet him $250 that Chicago will beat Carolina next Sunday. Okay. That's an interesting take, but okay. (laughs) Gives a little added stakes for those of you who like to root against me listening to this. So. So yeah, I might I might be making two hundred fifty dollars. I might be losing two hundred fifty dollars next week. I guess we'll see. So that that was uh, I'm just I love fun. And when somebody challenges me directly on Twitter, I'm gonna I usually engage them in it. And Billy's been Billy was the guy who made me buy a Tory Smith jersey after Will Greer was drafted in the third round. So I felt I should bet him again, even though I'll probably lose after this week's game. So we'll see. It'll be fun, though. Some added bonus for those of you guys watching. But anyway, if we don't have anything else to really cover here, this is uh, Brian and Brad and the B&B Reaction Show. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed the Panthers beating the Falcons because that's always fun. And it's been a while since they have. So Yeah, I always enjoy when that happens. Don't be too rough on the Falcoholic and the Falcons fans. They've been through a lot this year. So... Just be humble like we are from all of us here at the BNB reaction show and the keep sounding podcast. Please join us later this week for our next show. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Later guys.